1: Joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Wednesday, the ninth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Huge show today. Reaction to the president's address to the nation last night. It lasted nine minutes. It, uh, exemplified the president's personal point of view and that shared by many of us of the need for a border security wall. It definitely played to the president's base. It was opposed by the president's political enemies, both literally and figuratively, opposed figuratively by many of of Democrats who may have been watching, and literally by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi in their strange, stiff, wooden, panicky type appearance afterwards. But the real question is whether or not the president of the United States moved the needle. Did the president convince anybody who was in the middle of this thing? Somebody who isn't a die hard wall supporter like you, like me, and somebody who isn't a die hard wall opponent like Nancy Pelosi and her minions. But what about the interested Americans? The ones who are trying to learn more and figure out do we really need this? Should I support this? Should I call my congressman and say, hey, I want this thing done? Reopen the government and secure our border? Are those who are skeptical? Where they moved last night to change their minds and support the border wall. That, to me, was the test of the President of the United States last night. And I'm sad to report, I don't think he passed that test. The President was serious. The pes- President was presidential. The President was compassionate. The President was persuasive. But the President left so much meat on the bone that I feel like it was a wasted opportunity. And I'm going to explain that in much more depth as we go this morning. Coming up in about a half an hour, at about 9.35, we're going to get the perspective of uh, Daniel Horwitz, who is a um, uh, uh, a senior editor at the Conservative Review and also on CRTV, Conservative Review Television, and also the author of Stolen Sovereignty. I always look forward to his analysis of these very important issues. He has been just a, a workhorse when it comes to the illegal immigration issue. He has quoted uh, federal law and the Constitution. He has applied so many different uh, cases uh, and made the argument for border security, the border wall, in support of the president for years. And uh, I can't wait to see what he thought of the president's performance and whether or not we moved the needle last night or not. That's at 9.35. And at 10.05, a bit of a different perspective. We're going to talk to uh, Representative Project 21. Project 21 is an organization of black conservatives who support border security, immigration, and enforcement. They understand. Emery McClendon will be joining us from Project 21, who understands why and how uh, terrible the impact of illegal immigration is on African Americans, among others, and perhaps more disproportionately than others, we have heard Peter Kirsten talk about this on a number of occasions, uh, the terrible effect on black America from illegal immigration because they come in and compete for the very same type of jobs that African-Americans are competing for. And uh, it's a terribly negative effect on black America. And those who call President Trump a racist for wanting to enforce immigration law uh, are literally... Without clue. When I say clueless, I want you to understand the word in its true meaning, literally without a clue of what they're saying. By trying to enforce the border, the president is helping black America. Understand that? He is aiding African Americans in their job search and their ability and their willingness and their desire and in their, um, uh, you know, in their pursuit of the American dream. Rather than pushing them to the back of a line behind line jumpers, from whatever country they may come, Mexico or otherwise, who cross our border. So there is a lot of ground to cover here. We're going to talk again about this with uh, Emery McClendon of uh, Project 21, talk about the, the, the impact of this on the black community, and Daniel Horowitz will be coming up at 935. Now for you, very simple. Before and after those interviews, call me at 216 and tell me what you thought of the president's address last night. Tell me what you thought of the Democrat response, both official and unofficial. What do I mean by that? I mean that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi gave the official response, which, by the way, they were absolutely not entitled to. It frustrates me to no end that the networks agreed to put Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on primetime television after the president spoke this has never happened outside of the state of the union address in which the president makes his long appeal uh, to the people as to what's going on in this country and then the uh, party that is out of power in the white house gets to give a response that's that's historical that's traditional that's normal protocol but the republicans didn't get to, didn't get to give a follow up address after every time barack obama addressed the nation in prime time on every network Didn't happen during Bush, didn't happen during Clinton, didn't happen ever. Somehow, though, the press, the networks, the organizations that President Trump has rightly called fake news and enemy of the people, proved his point, showing their fondness for liberal Democrats like Pelosi and Schumer, and not wanting Trump to be able to get on the air and score points on national TV, Unresponded to. They literally, Pelosi and Schumer made the calls to the networks and said, You better put us on after. And the network said, You got it. Whatever he says, say the opposite and we'll definitely carry it. That doesn't happen. It has never happened. It's happening only because of their, and when I say they in this case, I don't mean Chuck and Nancy, and I don't mean the liberal Democrat voters. I'm talking about the press. The network executives, the news directors, the anchors, they all go in on this decision and say, we hate this guy so much, we will break all protocol, all historic norms when it comes to presidential primetime addresses, and we'll give uh, the minority party an opportunity to respond. And we'll carry it all. It's unbelievable. And that is the kind of battle this president is fighting. He's fighting every Democrat on Capitol Hill. He's fighting every Democrat journalist, and I'll use that word very, very loosely, for all the mainstream uh, newspapers, fighting every one of their reporters and anchors uh, on television, fighting all of the bloggers, fighting all of the uh, social media mavens, fighting all the liars. And he can't even come on prime time and lay out the facts of the situation, most of them anyway. He did get caught in one massive, massive whopper of, a, of an overstatement slash exaggeration slash lie. But he can't come on and give all of the information that he needs to uh, to the American people without, again, having it turned into a he said, she said, because the liberal networks are going to give a response, which has never happened before, to the Democrats. Simply reprehensible. But that's the official response. The unofficial ref- response was given on MSNBC, where it should have been. The Democrat Party propaganda networks MSNBC and uh, um uh, CNN should have hosted the uh, responses and they did. They put on the 28-year-old cocktail waitress turned Congresswoman who knew nothing knows nothing more now than she did when she was waiting tables and serving drinks. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gave the response on MSNBC by way of an interview with Rachel Maddow to say that she embarrassed herself and her party is a gross understatement. I will play some of her responses for you, and we will indeed dissect them. But first, to the President. President's response uh, uh, statements last night, many of them were very strong, many of them were very powerful. But what I saw last night and listened to last night, and I got into some pretty good discussion, and by discussion I mean debate, with supporters, listeners of this show, supporters of the President, who follow my... Facebook feed, which is, uh, Facebook page, which is France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, and I got into some pretty good debates with people who thought the president was phenomenal last night and was over-the-top fantastic, and this is all it takes, and I had a very, very, very different opinion, and it made a lot of people mad, and you know what I'm going to say to that? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for my comments because, because I'm right, because it isn't what the president said last night that was wrong it 's what he didn't say that left it lacking. it was nine minutes long it should have been 19 minutes long and it should have been accompanied by a number of things and I told the, the people online last night uh, that I would uh, discuss this in more depth this morning so allow me to explain what I'm saying to those who think that my criticism of the president's speech last night which came along the lines of uh, the mr. President Trump lacked content it 's not that he didn't have any content, it's just that, again, there was so much more meat left on the bone. There was so much more that needed to be said. I spoke with countless numbers of experts on this program in the uh, weeks uh, leading up to this speech, calling for this speech. (laughs) We kept saying, we're at a stalemate, government shutdown, Democrats say this, President says that. American people don't know who to believe unless you're on one camp or the other. You're in the middle of it. You don't know who to believe. You don't know whether you need a wall or whether you don't need a wall. Do they really work? How bad is the crisis at the border? Is it a crisis at all? Are the Democrats right? Is it a manufactured crisis that Trump is just using to keep campaign campaign? The people who are open to being swayed, I argued, and many experts on this program came on over the last few weeks and argued, The people that are open to being swayed needed to be swayed by a prime-time presidential address, one in which the president could come to the American people with all of the facts, the statistics, the breakdown, the $130 billion annual cost of illegal immigration in this country, and how a $5.7 billion budgetary outlay for a border security wall is a drop in the proverbial bucket and how that little tiny $5 billion um, investment in a border security fence, which is all they're asking for right now, would literally be the best value that the American government has ever, ever received for an investment. I mean, think about that. A $5 billion border fence could potentially stop roughly $130 billion in illegal immigration activity. Now you might say, well, how's that? These people are already here. That's true. But the $130 billion is on an annual basis. And it's because more keep coming in. It would only stand a reason that when you stop them from coming in by way of that border barrier, it would only stand a reason that the costs are going to go down. And the more we catch illegal aliens in this country, the more uh, criminal aliens who come uh, into the system, the more we deport, the more that number drops because they're not being replaced by new border crossers. All of that needed to be explained last night. And it wasn't. Not in enough depth. Peter Kersenau, my friend from um, uh, the Civil Rights Commission, reports on a fairly regular basis about the African American impact in this country. He talks about the report in the study done by the United States on Commission, commission on Civil Rights that found that roughly 50.9% of native born blacks had not continued their education behind, beyond high school, 75% of foreign born Hispanics. Had not been educated beyond high school. They note that uh, illegal ail- immigrants or aliens or former illegal aliens who received mostly or received amnesty rather constitute a third to over half of the total foreign born population. And these foreign born Hispanics who are in the U.S. illegally are disproportionately male. African Americans who have not pursued education beyond high school are also disproportionately male. Meaning what? These two groups. Americans who are black, black Americans, African Americans, citizens, and illegal aliens who are male are competing for the same jobs. They're competing for the same low-skilled labor market jobs. And the question is whether there are a sufficient number of jobs in the low-skilled labor market for both African Americans and illegal aliens. And the answer is no. The commission found that in February of 2008, for example, the national unemployment rate was 4.8%, but the unemployment rate for adults over 25 years old without a high school diploma was 7.3, almost double. During 2007, black American adult workers without a high school diploma had an unemployment rate of 12%. And those with only a high school diploma had an unemployment rate of 7.3%. These statistics prove that there is an overall surplus of workers in the low-skilled labor market. And guess what? African Americans are particularly disfavored by employers. Because of racism? Maybe. Maybe a portion of that. But the fact is that illegal immigrants come in here and will work for less than what the black Americans will in the same labor market because they're willing to work under the table because they don't want to have to be, they don't want to get caught and they don't want to have to pay taxes. They'll work for less in the same low skilled labor jobs that black Americans want at least the, the prevailing wage. And justifiably so. Why would they not get that? Black Americans are terribly hurt by the influx of illegal immigrants in this country. I didn't hear any of that last night. That's what I needed to hear. I needed to hear costs. I needed to hear uh, deaths from illegal immigrant crime. The president did cite some statistics and did use a few anecdotal stories of terrible examples of illegal immigrants killing people. That part was good. As I said, it wasn't as if the president didn't say the right things last night. It's he didn't say enough things. The delivery, there's not much you can do about it. The president is who he is. The president speaks how he speaks. He's not comfortable in that environment. You could tell. It was kind of stilted. It was kind of wooden. It was kind of um, a little bit forced. But you can't do anything about it. That's how the president speaks. That's how the president speaks. So the focus wasn't on delivery or tone. To me, the focus was on the content. The content that was presented in nine minutes was good. The content that was not presented that needed to be is what's c- going to cause the needle to remain where it is. This morning... I truly believe we are no closer to convincing Americans that we need a border wall than we were before he spoke last night. That is my great concern. I want my wall. I want the president to have his wall. I want my president to make this happen for the American people. And last night was a great chance to reach many of them who may not have totally understood the situation. And I think this morning we are in the same place we were before the speech last night. That's my analysis. I want to hear yours. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. net. from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Nine twenty seven. the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we're going to talk to Daniel Horowitz coming up here in about. Uh, we're going to call it uh, nine minutes. Uh, looking forward, maybe a little less, maybe about seven. Uh, looking forward to getting his analysis of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, president's speech last night of the Democrats' response. I will say this. Uh, despite the president, as I noted, leaving too much meat on the bone and not giving us enough of what we needed to really move the needle and get non-supporters of the wall, but non-opponents of the wall, those in the middle of the road on board with us, uh, aside from that, uh, the, the, the left looked awful. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer looked far, far, far worse. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, so the president, by comparison, if nothing else, the president came off uh, uh, looking much, much better as a result of that. And I'll get to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez coming up uh, here in... Um uh, in just a moment as well. All right, uh, I want to go to the phones here if I can make my uh, call screen work. And unfortunately, I'm having a hard time with that. Samuel, if you can clue me in here because I'm having a little bit of a an issue on my end getting the calls brought up. And I don't know if I have time to do that now as well since it's 929. And moving up on our te- uh, our uh, 9.30 uh, news break. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get my phones fixed. I'm trying to bring up calls, and they're just not punching. So my apologies. I'll get my phone screen fixed uh, here uh, coming up shortly. We'll talk to Daniel Horowitz for one segment. Back to your phone calls after Daniel. uh Daniel, rather. Then again, coming up at... Um uh 10.05, top of the hour, we're going to talk to Project 21 uh, member uh, Emery McClendon, who is also a Tea Party advocate and uh one of the black leaders of the Project 21 Black Leadership Network, is what it is, uh who completely support the president and this border wall. And we'll get his reaction to the speech last night as well. So all of that is coming up, but it's after the news on AM 1420. The end. Tom.
2: When I grow up, I want to be a baseball player. I would be the pitcher because they get to do something all the time.
0: If your child is sick over and over again, it could be PI, a defect in the immune system that affects millions. Early detection can give children a chance to dream. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, 25 years of helping children reach for their dreams. Visit us at info4pi.org or call 1-866-INFO-4PI.
2: Hey, I'm Reba McIntyre. In life, you'll hear a lot of people tell you that you can do anything you want. I'm here to tell you that's true. Since I was a little girl, I dreamed of becoming a successful singer and entertainer. It took a lot of hard work, dedication, and perseverance to find my success, but it was worth it. I never gave up on my dreams. Remember, you can never have a dream come true until you've had a dream. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
0: Progressive Democrats. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer.
1: Indeed it is. 935 reacting and responding to the President of the United States last night who gave um, a very kind of sober, somber somewhat uh, address. He was not fiery, nor should he have been. Uh, He did have some good content in my view. He did not have enough of it. There was far too much meat left on the bone last night, but here's one of his uh, uh, better moments. Why do
0: wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside but because they love the people on the inside.
1: It's an often repeated statement that those of us who support the border wall have made. I agree with it, and it was good to hear him say that. Again, did he do enough to move the needle, though? D- joining us now to analyze our friend Daniel Horowitz. Daniel, of course, is a senior editor at Conservative Review. You can see him on CRTV, and you should read his book, Stolen Sovereignty, How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America. Daniel, good morning, sir.
2: Hey, good morning. How you doing?
1: Fantastic. Uh well, not fantastic. Um uh quite honestly, I'm a little disappointed because I wanted more than I got last night. This is not a criticism to say the president was wrong in anything he said with the exception of the 500 billion dollar exaggeration. But um but that he didn't say enough about uh, what the the true emergency, the true crisis at the border is and how and why the Democrats are uh being so hypocritical in their response to it. What was your takeaway, Daniel?
2: You know, it's funny. I guess I've been more critical of him the past two years than you. So I guess I've gotten, that, I've gotten it out of my system, and now I'm maybe a little less critical over last night than you are. Um, look, I mean, we have called for this for two years. you got to use two things, the leverage of the veto and the bully pulpit. We had seven other budget opportunities when Republicans were in power in the House that he could have harnessed this. Um, and we said, so you got to give a televised speech. So – He's, he he finally did it. Now, I think everyone should realize we're finally having a national discussion over the most important issue, which is our sovereignty and our security. Um so many things are cascading from illegal immigration people cannot even imagine how bad it is. Um so with that said, I'm you know, it's better he's doing it now than 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 never. Um I think you need to give this speech. In in terms of the length, you're right, but The networks only gave him eight minutes. That was the problem. I think in the future, if you you view this as trying to move the needle in one shot, yeah, you're not going to do that. But if you view this as the beginning, to speaking directly to the American people about the nature of the threat, I think he needs to follow up with a series of Oval Office or otherwise addresses live streamed by the White House. You could reach people without the media now, travel the country, travel both the border and hot spots on the interior affected by illegals like Lawrence, Massachusetts, Long Island, and give a series of speeches on each facet, the cartels, the transnational gangs, the drug crisis, the crime, the social problems, the schools, each thing. Um, I think in the eight minutes he had, he did what he could I think it was a good thing that he didn't focus too much on the wall because that's not even the point. We need to first explain to people what is the problem. Um, rather than, you know, the wall has kind of become a political football. We obviously need it. But that that's why I'm not so down on him from last night, assuming he, you know, picks up the tempo and, and – uh you know follows up on it
1: yeah it's not about tempo though to me and 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 you know as far as the length of the speech you know you say the networks only gave him eight minutes uh, did the networks ever put a cap on barack obama's dozen and a half or so uh prime time addresses he gave over eight years this is donald trump's first request to talk to the people through the networks through an oval office prime time address in his two years as president his very first and then these these blind partisan hacks at the networks, Daniel, agreed to give Nancy and Chuck time to respond, which is completely breaking with all uh, tr- a tradition, history, and protocol. The only time you get a response is after a uh, after the uh, State of the Union address every February. Uh, the idea that they committed time to them is just in. It's impossible for me to understand how they can justify that. They should have given the president. And, and let me ask you this: If the president was still talking after eight minutes. You think that would cut him off? I think the president needed to deliver what he did deliver and then much more. He needed to point out, what you you see it because you visit right wing websites, you write for a conservative website, uh and and you know, you 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 engage in conservative Twitter and some other things. But those who don't, those in the middle, Daniel, needed to hear what they probably have never heard, and that is Chuck Schumer saying that we need a border barrier. We were proud to have funded six hundred and thirty miles of border barrier, which is very effective in cutting down illegal immigration. He said this in two thousand nine. I wanted the president to quote him last night. I wanted the president to play the audio clip of him last night. Same thing with uh, Pelosi and Obama and all the other, uh, others who are claiming we can't use an ineffective wall. I, w- I think he needed to move the needle with the skeptics last night, and I and, and it's not going to do it.
2: So, I, I mean, I agree with you that if he did follow up face, Facebook lives or things like that from the Oval Office, which I really think he needs to do, I think he should do just that, literally play clips. I think he should go through the history. I'm going to do that today in an article. Lay out the history from the 1980s on what happened, what we were promised, the 1996 legislation that they all voted for. It passed the Senate unanimously. Everything right. we want to do was in there. It was just either the executive branch never implemented it or the courts illegally gutted it. Um, it's all there. It, Feinstein actually said at the time the bill wasn't strong enough on employer sanctions. I mean, there's, there's a wealth of stuff I could supply the White House with on, on this point. But again, I just think, You know, for eight minutes, I think you needed to give a sober address, not even political, just laying out what is at stake at the border. I do think the fact that it was unprecedented, that they didn't just assail the content of the speech, but the premise of a president giving a speech shows the potency of his bully pulpit. You know, you know you're over the target when they go and respond that viscerally. Because the media – here's the thing about the media and the Democrats. They cannot tolerate a sustained national dialogue about sovereignty, about illegal immigration, about the drug cartels. They cannot allow the American people to know about this stuff. Um, th- that's why the only time they want to talk about it is in the context of amnesty. They, they don't want this. And that's why I do think, actually, I agree with you about you know, the unprecedented nature of having a Democrat response. But I think that actually helped. Um, I was laughing my head off. I mean, that was pretty funny. But if you think about it, they recognized the problem of illegal immigration, and then they downplayed it. That is not... Nobody agrees with them on that. So, you know, I think it was a good start, but he can't do this on the cheap. If you're going to have a partial government shutdown, he needs to travel the country every day like a campaign. Uh, You know, some speeches. He should have a roundtable of people I speak to. I've I've spent hours on the phone with Texas DPS, NYPD, DEA, ICE, U.S. attorneys. They have stories to tell about the cartels and illegal immigration that the American people don't know. He needs to bring this all out in the open because you could tell – the media doesn't want a dialogue over this. No, no,
1: they certainly don't. And 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 that's kind of the reason why I feel the way I do about the missed opportunities last night. Everything you just said is already being done on Fox News and on maybe on CRTV on on national talk shows like mine or not 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 minus a national but the network uh, that I'm on, you know, uh uh Mark Levin and so on and so forth. They are putting those ice people on. They're putting these agents on. They're putting they're putting all of these very important uh, people on and they're expressly, uh, uh, you know, condemning the, the left on this and saying the border wall will work and so on and so forth. But Daniel, as you know, only believers watch and listen to those. Only believers are going to be interested in seeking that out and hearing what the president said on his latest trip to point A, Y, A, B, C, D, or X, Y, and Z. Um, but, but last night, with him being on every network, You know, those who wouldn't ordinarily turn on Fox News because they're not believers. And they may not necessarily turn on CNN either because they're not uh, diehard liberals who oppose everything the president does. They just might be, you know, skeptical in the middle, moderate, disinterested, but maybe now going to be interested if they see the president on every channel and all right, what's he got to say? That's what I mean by when I, when I talk about a wasted opportunity. We'll hear all of what you just said every day on Fox News and other networks, but not on every network. Last night was his chance to reach you know, two to 250 million people potentially.
2: Well, you, you could Google Daniel Harwitz and uh, national televised address. I've been calling this for this in articles for a year. Uh, I know you have.
1: I know you. And, You're one of the experts the I've quoted.
2: And and I know that's what's bothering you that if finally after two years you kind of give an eight minute thing, Bingo. it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that that's the first step. It should have been months ago. And, you know, especially while you had control of the house and. You know, this is uh, 18, 19 days into this, and, yeah, I was calling for it the entire time um, because, you know, if you think about it, when Republicans had control, what was the whole excuse? Well, uh, the filibuster. But then what he could have done then and used the leverage of the government shutdown with Republicans in control because Republicans are scared of shutdowns too, and then to just bang away at Mitch McConnell every day – you need to enforce the rules of the Senate and force a talking filibuster, which you could do in a second, force the Democrats to hold the floor and stop hiding behind the 60-vote threshold. You know, he waited two years to do this, reflexively signing seven of these budget bills um, with his lunch money taken not just uh, on the border, but on every one of his spending priorities. Um, his his budget blueprint became a joke. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed, too. But you know what? you got to deal with the time you're living in. And... I called for it. He did it. I'll take yes for an answer. Um, But I do think there's another point to be made, which is where the heck are the congressional Republicans? Where is the Jeff Sessions of our time? We don't have anyone in the Senate doing anything. They should be – you see, you could force a vote in the Senate anytime you want. You can't force a, a result you want, but you could force them to take a vote on motion to proceed anytime they should be voting on Sanctuary City bills, on border bills, on drug cartel bills, cutting off magnets and welfare and identity theft, uh, refundable tax credits for illegal... There's so many things they could be harnessing now. Um, mandating ICE detention for DUIs, aliens caught for DUIs. That was the guy that killed Officer Singe. It was totally avoidable. I call it the Officer Singe Act. I'm pushing members of the Senate to introduce that. Um... I mean, where is everyone?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. Daniel Horowitz is my guest from uh, uh, Conservative Review and from CRTV. Daniel, I've only got three minutes left with you, but I want to spend one of them listening to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Last night in her response by way of the Democratic Party's propaganda network, uh, MSNBC, she was on with Rachel Maddow, and she offered this. No one should feel unsafe in the United States of America, and that includes our, our amazing and beautiful and Productive immigrant community. And moreover, the one thing that the president has not talked about is the fact that he has systematically engaged in the violation of international human rights borders on uh, human rights on our border. He has separated children from their families. He talked about what happened the day after Christmas. On the day of Christmas, a child died in ICE custody. The president should not be asking for more money to an agency that has systematically violated human rights the president should be really defending why we are funding such an agency at all your response daniel wow um there's
2: more lies than words and in fact you know again from all the conversations i've had with law enforcement the evil that is perpetrated by illegal immigration is is unbelievable you know you you talk about people dying Do you know there are thousands of dead bodies found every year that they don't care about as a result of their policies. Do you know that Sinaloa, Juarez, Jalisco, um, zetas they are every bit as powerful and as violent as Hezbollah and ISIS. Um, and they are perpetrating, they have an entire market of sex trafficking, of labor trafficking on our soil cartels in our communities because their policies, um, you know, I did a whole article one time on Washington Post reported on this. Illegal Daniel, I've got, to wrap,
1: I've got to wrap in less than a minute, yes. my friend. Go ahead.
2: So, illegal immigrants are now living because we bring them, them in in this uncontrolled environment. They're brought in with MS-13 and all this stuff. They're the ones hurt the most. Ironically, they say we came, we, we, we left Honduras, and now we have more violence in the sanctuary cities. That they live in because of these policies where MS-13 forces them to pay extortion. They walk around and force them to pay money so they, right. don't, they don't kill them. That's in America, not in Honduras. Um, this is the failure of conservatives and Republicans for 10, 15 years. tell the truth and and actually have a sustained dialogue over this issue.
1: Daniel, uh, very well said. We'll have more time the next time we chat. I really appreciate you coming on. Daniel Horwitz, Conservative Review and CRTV. We're coming up on 10 o'clock. We'll have a, or excuse me, 9.50. We have a mandatory EAS test next. We'll be back.
0: Some kind of wonderful
1: 9:55 uh, now the Bob France Authority continues. More analysis coming of the uh, president's address last night. The Democrat response, the lies by uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, the lies by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, and the president told the truth on almost everything. I still want to understand why he needed to exaggerate and and just fabricate a number like five hundred billion dollars a year. He said those words out loud that that, that the left just pounced upon. Even the most ardent anti-illegal immigration organizations who study the economic impact of illegal immigrants in this country haven't come anywhere near half a trillion dollars a year. It's more like $130 billion a year. He said $500 billion. He didn't need to do that. There's no need to exaggerate something that is already going to be a shocking price tag to the people that you're speaking to. People are already going to be freaked out by $130 billion. There was no need or reason to jack that up. But at any rate, the president told the truth last night. He just didn't tell enough of the story, uh, I think, to move the needle. That's where Daniel and I uh, disagreed somewhat. Let's see what you have to say. Sally is in, uh, is it Sally? Oh, it is Sally in Berea. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Sally, go ahead.
3: Hi, I agree that uh, it fell short of moving the needle Um I wish he would have let uh, Daniel Horowitz and Peter Christenauer uh, help him get uh, economic statistics together of the impact of the illegals on our uh, economy and also that um, it's immoral to, um, not immoral to let keep them out, but immoral to give them preference over uh, the legal people trying to get in.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, that said, uh, that's the, and I completely agree with the part about letting Daniel Horowitz and Peter Kersenau or David Ray or some of the other experts that I have on who know this stuff inside and out write this speech and make this presentation for him. Uh, that's and the something. the border
3: guards, let, let them hear from the border guards.
1: Well, that's part B. Sally, you're so right. I had a caller yesterday suggest this and I really wish he would have done it on live TV last night. And that is challenge. Chuck, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi to go down to the border with him tomorrow. He's going down tomorrow. And let's talk to random Border Patrol agents who are the front lines of the defense of our sovereignty and ask them... Unknown what their politics are, not knowing what their stand on a border wall is. Let's just put him to the put that question to them and say, "Would a border security wall help you protect this country?" And see what they say. He should have challenged them on that last night. It would have, I think, that would have been something that moved the needle, especially when the Democrats refused.
3: Right, and he shouldn't have. They shouldn't have given um, him a time limit like that, and then let Pelosi and Schumer have their bully pulpit to spread the lies and also, um, Immediately, the commentators picked up on what uh, Pelosi and Schumer said and tried to pick everything apart that Trump said. Exactly, and it was very
1: biased. And you knew that you knew they would be. This is why, you know, yes. that doesn't serve the American people. For them to present this very important information to the people in such a biased way does not serve the interests of the people. By not serving the interests of the people, that's why the president, correctly in my view, calls them the enemy of the people. If you're not helping the people, you're hurting them, and you don't hurt people who aren't your enemy. Uh, Sally, i got to run. I appreciate a great phone call. That's really great points that you made all the way around. They were that biased. And as far as the eight minutes, this the first I had heard of this was from Daniel this morning. When Daniel just said that they limited him to, him to eight minutes, I have never heard of that before. Presidential Oval Office uh, primetime address in the past, to my knowledge, have been at the president's discretion. However long he has to say what he has to say, they'll cover him. And I would really seriously doubt that any of the networks, I don't care if it's the cable networks or the the um, uh, the you know, the networks such as uh, uh, ABC, NBC, and CBS, the typical broadcast networks, if he would have kept going and was on minute 11, would they have cut him off? I don't think so. They would have carried it the entire way. They would have complained at the end, but they would have carried it, and he could have gotten all of these important messages out. Coming up next. After the top of the hour news, we're going to talk with Emery McClendon. Emery is with Project 21, an organization of black conservatives who support the president, support a border wall, support uh, anti-illegal immigration policies, and they do so for the betterment of America, not just black America. And we'll talk to them next right here on AM 1420 The Answer